How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio, another episode of Hot Takes with TB3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland. Today is Monday, December 10th, 2018, guys. So weirdly enough, I'm coming to y'all on a Monday. I had five classes this past semester on Mondays, so I was unable to podcast on this day. But hey, man, classes are over. I'm done with college, baby. I'm about to walk here on Wednesday. I'm really excited, so I can actually podcast for y'all once again on a Monday. Typically, before I talk about NFL, you know, I really like to kind of wait till the Monday night game's over and give you all a better overview. But you know what? Yesterday, I actually enjoyed watching the NFL because I didn't really watch the Falcons game. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was on one of my TVs. I usually set two or three TVs up to watch games, but I wasn't really paying attention to the Falcons. I can't even lie, guys. I mean, this team's falling apart. I feel like we just don't even care anymore. And I've been listening to a lot of talk, sports talk radio. I mean, obviously, I live in Atlanta. I'm in Kennesaw. It's a suburb about 20 minutes out of there. So I hear everything everybody's got to say about the team. I'm an avid Falcons fan. I read all the stuff and everything. And look, guys, stop saying we need to fire Dan Quinn. I'm sick and tired of hearing it. Dan Quinn can't help the fact that everybody on our offensive line is hurt. He can't help every fact everybody on our defensive is hurt. That's all y'all are saying. Or y'all are saying, oh, fire Marquand Manuel, fire Sarkeesian. Let me ask you this. Why would we fire Marquand Manuel? It's not his fault that the whole defense got hurt. I mean, you can only do what you can. You can say you have to replace players with injuries, but I mean, it's not Dan Quinn's fault that we didn't go out and trade for other guys. He's not the GM. That comes back on Thomas Dimitrov. If I called for anybody's job here, it would be Dimitrov, but I'll get to that in a second. First, I want to stay on this topic. Dan Quinn has had some coaching brain farts. He's made some dumb decisions. I mean, you could say kicking that 50-yard field goal when Bryant wasn't even making him in warm-ups and we know he's been injured or whatever it was, 53 yards, 56, whatever we came up short on, was a stupid decision. I'm going to be honest with you guys, who really gives a damn about what happened in the game yesterday? At this point in time, we were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Why would we keep on winning? We need another better draft pick. Look, I know you don't want to cheer for your team to win. I know you want to win games, but like, guys, at this point, what does winning do for us? We're not making the playoffs, so what's the point in winning a game here? There is no point. Like, come on, you can't tell me, oh, I want to beat the Packers, what the hell is this going to do for us? It's literally just going to give us a worse draft pick. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, looking at this team, I think after that loss to New Orleans, we just kind of gave up. You know, we drove up and down the field against New Orleans. We had chances. We had chances in the Dallas game. I mean, losing the Browns, we had chances. All three of these games could have gone easily gone a different way for us if we took care of the ball better and made some smarter plays. Instead, we lost these games, and that ended up costing us the season. I think this team has fallen apart. I think it's time to pack in for next year. Getting rid of Sarkeesian is another horrible decision. This offense was rolling there for a while. I mean, we lost four games in the last 10 seconds. We put up over 30 points. Um, I mean, we literally listen to this. So we beat the Panthers 31-24. Then we lose to the Saints 43-37. That's defensive injuries. We lose to the Bengals 37-36. I mean, that's defensive injuries. We lost the Steelers 41-17. I mean, we just got our ass whooped. That's one of those Sundays. Then we come back against the Buccaneers, win 34-29. We beat the Giants 23-20 in a game where they scored a garbage time touchdown. So we won by even more than that. 38-14 against the Redskins. Then obviously the offense falls off a little bit. But, I mean, those are games where we're putting up the numbers. We're getting the points. we got to have better defensive play. I mean, everything just kind of fell apart. The one game against the Browns where our offense really didn't show up and play that great. I mean, it just sucks. We lost that game straight up. And we, like they said, I mean, Devondre Campbell came on the radio and said we might have taken the Browns a little too lightly. And it's probably what happened here, guys. But I don't think cleaning house is the move here. I think you give the squad one more year to ride everything out. Although I'm not opposed to firing Thomas Dimitrov. you got to look at these picks he's made. 
Robert Alford. Go look at, um, I mean, Desmond Trufant. I mean, he's been a good pick, but Trufant, not the same player since tearing that ACL, guys. Look at Jake Matthews. We could have had Taylor Lewan, probably the best left tackle in the NFL. Instead, we're t- stuck with Jake Matthews. Got a huge holding call last week, that, or the game yesterday, that brought back a Julio 40-yard reception down the field. I mean, it's just stuff like that. Vic Beasley, or Vic Blocked Easily, as I like to call him. I mean, we got good value. I will say this. He gets good value out of those later round picks. Like Deion Jones. That Deion Jones-Keanu Neal draft for me and the Falcons won that draft by miles. I mean, I don't know if Keanu Neal will be the same player, though, since tearing that Achilles. I mean, look at Trufant. Look at Kobe Bryant. I mean, there's I could sit here and name you players off for hours that look different after tearing an Achilles. Tracy McGrady. It's even more crucial in basketball, but in football, tearing an Achilles is equally as hard to come back from. I mean, Eric Berry still didn't play a game this season trying to recover from that. So, I mean... That's all you need to know right there with all that stuff. Look, guys, Falcons fans, give up on the season. Stop saying we need to fire people. Give up. Stop caring. I know it's not really the right attitude to have here, but we don't need to be saying, keep saying this stupid stuff like fire Dan Quinn, get clean house. I mean, it's not time yet. One more year than we will. I mean, look, the, it, it, the door's definitely closing on us being able to win a championship. Our offense is getting older and older. Our offensive line continues to stay banged up. I mean, in the trenches, I feel like that Dimitrov has done a horrible job building this team. You mean even giving Devontae Freeman that contract? Devontae Freeman, for those two years where he was the most dominant running back in the NFL, him and Julio led the league in yards from scrimmage, and then it was David Johnson at third. So, I mean, Freeman earned the contract. Obviously, we should have known the way a small running back like that runs his play style that he's not going to hold up over time. Coleman is darn good running back, too. I love him in our backfield. But, I mean, giving out contracts like that, giving out the Robert Alford contract. I mean, Alford, I'm not as big of an Alford hater as a lot of other people are, but I think Alford could also be a lot better than he's been. So, I will stick with that. I mean, I think he's gone. Y'all saw, I mean, even Dan Quinn said in his interview earlier that we were trying to get Oliver in there on more snaps. So, obviously trying to get the young guys more time. But I'm not really going to rant anymore about the Falcons. But Falcons fans, chill out. I mean, the season's over. Stop trying to make things worse than it is. Let's regroup. Let's tank it out. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing us lose to the Cardinals, at the Panthers, and at the Bucks. I hope we lose every single one of these games left on our schedule. Have a top. I mean, I think right now, let me pull up the standings. I believe that we have... I believe we're supposed to have a top five pick right now. Yeah, because so we have the same record as the Jets, um, same record as the Jags. Oakland is one less loss. Um, look at all these other teams. I mean, San Francisco and Arizona. So, I mean, that's one, two, three teams with the worst record in us. Then we're tied with the Jets and Jags for the worst record for the next worst record after that. There's three teams tied with three wins, and there's three teams tied at four wins. So, I mean... I like the way things are playing out right now, Atlanta. I mean, we could be picking fourth, fifth, or sixth right now. I think they do a coin. I don't know how they do the tiebreakers for this type of stuff, but let's chill out here, guys. All right. Um, I didn't really get to talk about NFL last week. I had three finals last week. I mean, it was that kind of week. You know, it was real rough. I, I tried to do that. I did that podcast a bit on Thursday. I wanted to talk to you all about it, but, I mean, we went on for so long. There's really no point. So I'm going to circle back here and talk about just a little lingering college football stuff. First thing I want to say is I was all over Kyler Murray for Heisman. I don't know if y'all follow me on Twitter or not. If you don't, go give me a follow at Hot Takes with TP3. Uh, I loved Kyler Murray for Heisman. I mean, if you look at all these guys, Haskins is a little bit better stats. Kyler Murray and Tua are right there with him in stats, so I'm not even going to discuss stats really. The way I look at it, guys, is I'm going to use the eye test here when you got three guys that are this close. Alabama, yes, you're 13-0. and You're the number one team in the nation. You have one of the best defenses in the nation. Darn good run game. you got every single thing you need there at Alabama. And the fact that Tua, I mean, Tua, Tua dominated, guys. He really didn't play the fourth quarter, so that affects the stats a little bit. At the end of the day, this is my thing. Tua, you disappeared in the biggest game you had. You had to have Jalen Hurts come to the rescue and save you. This team probably would have gone 11-1 with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback, maybe even 12-0, 13-0 like they are. 
and made it to the Final Four. So I think if you take two off the team, they're fine. You take Kyler Murray off Oklahoma's team, I mean, I don't know if Oklahoma wins five games. Ten, I don't even know if they're bowl eligible, guys. I mean, Oklahoma's defense is absolutely horrible. I mean, look at these points they're giving up. It, Kyler Murray knew he had to go out on the field pretty much and score every single time he had the ball. I mean, he got game-winning two-point conversions. Kyler Murray, just, he did everything, guys. I mean, this this kid, he's something else. I mean, he's so much fun to watch. He's the most electric player I saw in college football all season. There was plays where they snapped the ball over his head. He'd scoop it up, juke three people out in the backfield, and run down the field for a 30-yard gain. I mean, nobody does stuff like that. Kyler Murray's electric I'm just really is a shame he's gonna be playing baseball. I can't wait to watch him come up there in this A's organization. It's gonna be fun to watch him run the base paths, play the play the field in the in the major leagues. I mean, he's an absolute freak. But Oklahoma, this quarterback, this system they have with Lincoln Riley. I think if you're the NFL, you go out and you make him one of the more higher paid head coaches, bring him in there to work with your first year quarterback. But I thought that Kyler Murray deserved it. He had to score every single time he went out on the field, and he pretty much did that. He even avenged his one loss to Texas, got Oklahoma in the Final Four. I mean, I he I would have voted for him if I had a vote for Heisman. I loved him there. Next, I obviously would go with Tua. I just discredit Haskins so much because of that awful loss to Purdue, and I really thought the Big Ten was extremely weak as a conference as a whole. They started out with all these teams ranked up so high, and like I said, they'd beat up on each other because they're all a bunch of mediocre teams, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, you had Northwestern playing the conference championship, which I said don't watch out for Northwestern and Purdue. I said they were kind of sleepers, pull a couple upsets in that conference, and they did Iowa too. So, I mean, Big Ten beat up on each other too much. That's why I take Haskins away from this conversation. Plus, he couldn't get his team in the Final Four, which is also another key thing in my opinion. So, I think they got it right with the Final Four here, guys. I think they got everything right. Georgia fans, I've heard all y'all complain. I mean, stop it. You controlled your own destiny. You lost on the road to LSU. You knew you had to beat Alabama. You had Alabama beat, and you ran one of the stupidest plays I've seen with that fake field goal. Uh, I mean, with that was so obvious with fields on the field. I mean, Nick Saban wasn't fooled at all. You got to do better than that to fool Nick Saban. It's all right, though, Kirby. I know you learned from your mistakes. I really think Georgia's year is, is coming up here in one of the next two years. I would be scared if I'm an SEC team. I'd be scared if I'm Nick Saban. I mean, Georgia's coming, guys. I mean, it's it sucks, Georgia fans. Y'all, y'all, in my opinion, I think Clemson beats y'all in a close game. I think Clemson will play Alabama close too. I think Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama are on a whole other level though from the rest of these teams. So I mean, look, Georgia. I know you're upset. I would still say if I had to rank my best teams, I would have y'all. But I can't put a two-loss Georgia team in there over an undefeated Notre Dame team, an undefeated Clemson team, a conference champion Oklahoma or Ohio State. Personally, I have Georgia at number six on my uh, board, and then and then I've, I have Ohio State in front of them at five. But I mean, I'm not going to get in the analytics there. Georgia, you knew what you had to do. You couldn't do it. I mean, you had every chance you wanted to. You're up so big in that game. I think next year or the year after that, Georgia, y'all will get it done. I'm not going to sit here and make y'all feel worse about what happened, but that's just my personal opinion. I mean, you can't sit here and say you deserve to be in the Final Four when you got two losses and you knew you had your chance. You almost had Alabama beat and you couldn't hold on. I mean, that's on you, Georgia. You can't say that type of stuff to other, other people. So that's my little takeaway there for college football. I mean, we got bowl games coming up. I'll be giving y'all some analogy. Me and Yardage Locks been giving y'all picks, all kinds of stuff for all that. Um, let's stick here with NFL. So, huge game was played last night. That was the Rams and the Bears. It was all over the Bears, plus three. I mean, that was pretty easy. A warm-weather team like the Rams going there. I mean, it showed. Jared Goff probably played the worst. I haven't seen Jared Goff play that bad. You know what he looks like? I don't know if you all remember this or not, but his rookie season, there's a Thursday night football game where Jared Goff played horrendously, and that's what this game reminded me a lot of was that Jared Goff. So, 
I think we saw more of that. Once again, four interceptions. I mean, it was against the Seahawks on a Thursday night where I think he had like four or five turnovers. Um, it's pretty much. It's pretty much what I. What it pretty much looks like that again. Um, Bears defense was absolutely dominant. I mean, this offense. Mitch Trubisky still had three interceptions too. Jordan Howard had a decent game running the ball. Bears defense absolutely shut down the Rams and everything they're good at. Jared Goff, 180 yards, four interceptions. Todd Gurley, 11 carries, 28 yards. Took away their strengths, forced them to turn the ball over. Great game by the Bears. I mean, guys, you do not want to go to Chicago and face the Chicago defense. The way everything is looking to me right now. Big game tonight, by the way, between Seahawks and Vikings fighting for playoff seeding. This game's huge. I love the Seahawks tonight, but going to Chicago and beating the Bears is going to be tough. Trubisky plays well at home. This Bears defense plays really well at home. It's going to be cold. Warm weather teams coming in here are not going to like it. The other big takeaway from this, this game, yes, New Orleans and LA have these first round buys locked up, but New Orleans got home field advantage again, guys. No one is going to the Dome. No one, no one, no one is going to New Orleans and beating the Saints. It's not happening, guys. So unless the, the, unless the Saints slip up here, they've got at the Panthers versus the Steelers. Steelers are a dumpster fire right now. I'm going to talk about them next. And at the Panthers, Panthers have fallen apart. I don't see them struggling any way in either of those two games. I think they'll handle business with the Steelers. It will be a, one of those warm-weather teams traveling into cold weather. Who knows with the Steelers, they could need a big win. That game could be a potential trap game here. But I personally like the Saints to win out, take care of business. Sean Payton's been here before. Coaching is key in football. It is probably the biggest thing to me in pro football and football in general. Sean Payton, get his mind motiv- motivated. He'll come out here because, I mean, the Rams, they got to play the Eagles. The Eagles are not eliminated officially. In my mind, they are eliminated, though. I think the Eagles still come out, play a tough game. This game will be on Sunday Night Football. I still like the Rams in this game, but they get the Cardinals and the 49ers after that. I mean, the Rams are probably going to win out here, guys, especially bouncing back after that horrible loss. I think McVay will motivate the guys. If I've learned anything about Sean McVay, he's a hell of a coach, and he'll find ways to adjust. But... I mean, I don't see either of these teams losing anymore. I think they'll both be tied at 14-2, and two, and I think the tiebreaker obviously here goes to see, goes to the Saints as they beat them head-to-head. So that game was huge. I mean, the Bears, the Saints honestly should go ahead and ship them a, ship Matt Nagy a postcard. I also thought that play was hilarious when the refs kind of messed up the substitutions and Nagy was going. I would have, I, I liked it. I mean, I would have done the same thing if I was Nagy. That was ridiculous. I would have been pissed off too. But the other huge game I watched was Philadelphia versus Dallas. And look, Philly, y'all lost this game, but I got to give y'all credit, man. Y'all got dominated the entire game. You took advantage of a turnover, key Dak Prescott turnover, and you used that, created momentum, and you played your ass off in the second half, Philly, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, y'all left every little thing you had on the field. Dallas gets these one-play touchdowns to Cooper. They get these quick little touchdowns, and you just came right back and went down the field. This is a game where your offense was non-existent. I mean, I was thinking it was 6-0 at halftime. Philadelphia did not show up at all in the first half. Yeah, it was 6-0 at halftime, and they came out, though, guys, in the second half and the third quarter, and they played a really, really good game. I mean, Jake Elliott missing that extra point might have cost them the entire game, but this game, I mean, I just feel like both teams left down the field. Carson Wentz played better, even though he did get, I believe he had a, yeah, he got stripped early in the game, lost a fumble, but no interceptions, 228 yards, three touchdowns. I was talking to my buddy Justin. I know y'all remember him. He's been on a couple episodes. He said when Carson Wentz tries to do too much is when Philadelphia struggles. And I feel like he was doing too much for a while, but then he let the game come to him. And this is a game where he had no run game. They had 14 carries for 34 yards. Carson Wentz got big plays. They used Sproles on key fourth downs. They got Alshon Jeffrey involved. Um, hit Aguilar, that huge pass down the sidelines. I mean, Philadelphia's defense came to play. They came to play. I mean, it just sucks, man. Dallas got lucky off that interception 
deflection. I don't know if Philadelphia would have been able to move the field. Dallas did a really good job of wasting out the clock. I um, thought Ezekiel Elliott did a great job carrying the ball. Obviously, Amari Cooper. I'll get to Amari Cooper here in a second. But Philadelphia, I mean, it sucks, guys. Your season's probably over. You won't make the playoffs. But look at it this way. You left every single thing you had out on the field. You took this Dallas team to overtime. You put up more points than the Saints, the best offense in the league did. I mean, Philadelphia, I, y'all really impressed me. I thought y'all were done for this season. I mean, odds are y'all probably aren't making the playoffs. But you got to look at it this way, man. You left it all out on the field. Can't be mad about that. But let me get over here now. To the Cowboys. Amari Cooper trade. Dallas, clear winner of the Amari Cooper trade. I know I hated on it. I ragged on it. Amari Cooper looks like the player I thought he would be. Amari Cooper coming out of college out of Alabama. I thought he was the next Julio Jones Alabama receiver, but we hadn't really seen that so far as he had struggled throughout. But he went off yesterday 10 catches, 217 yards, three touchdowns, and that 75 yard strike in the fourth quarter that helped them big. I mean, he had the huge deflection catch. That was just right play, right time, the kind of things that happens when you're at home. This Dallas team is resilient, guys. They're going to be a darn good team. I would not want to see them at home in the playoffs. The only problem is they'll probably only get one home playoff game. I don't know how I feel about this team on the road. The defensive unit for this team is their strength. I just don't know if they could go to a cold-weather spot like Chicago and win. I don't know if they could keep up with the Rams' offense. I definitely don't think they could keep up with the Saints' offense at home. The way things are playing out right now, the winner of this Dallas game would probably have to play New Orleans. So it's not what you want right there, New Orleans. So... I mean, Dallas. So, I mean, Dallas guys, they've really turned this thing around. Amari Cooper coming in made this team a completely different team. The emergence of Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch on the defensive end make you think they won't even need Sean Lee back next year. I mean, Sean Lee's probably a top five middle linebacker when he plays, but he hadn't really been able to play much this season. Classic Sean Lee move. But I was thoroughly impressed with the way Dallas and Philadelphia both played yesterday, even though Philadelphia didn't get the result they wanted. Um... I think we got a lot of clarity yesterday to the to the MVP race. Pat Mahomes is for sure my MVP if the season ended today. He's supposed to play the Chargers at Seattle versus the Raiders. I mean, he could lose two of these games. Obviously, they lose the tiebreaker of the Patriots. Tyreek Hill is a little banged up. Interesting things could happen here. Chargers, though, are also a little banged up. I think that he can get the job done, though, versus the Chargers, especially the fact since he will be at home versus them in Arrowhead, one of the most rowdy environments to play in in the NFL. I mean, Mahomes, that fourth and nine you threw was amazing. I mean, that drive against Denver, we had third and twenty-two or third and thirty. He gets twenty-two yards and he throws it left-handed to Hill to get the first down. I mean, Pat Mahomes back against the wall every single time, gets it done. He gets the score for him in the overtime period. Pat Mahomes, you're my MVP as of right now, my man. I know I've changed it up week in, week out, week in, week out. The Chiefs get the number one spot. you got to give it to them. Losing Kareem Hunt, the way they're able to get that win against a Ravens team that's been playing really well with Lamar Jackson. I mean, that was not an easy win by any means, especially with the defense you have. To me, it's kind of like Kyler Murray. He's got to score every single time he's out on the field, and that's exactly what he does. Pat Mahomes, you are a beast. You're doing all this as a rookie. I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. He's thrown for 4,300 yards, 43 passing touchdowns, and 83.6 QBR. All this is a second-year quarterback. I mean, what he's doing is uncanny, guys. Pat Mahomes, I can't brag on you enough, man. You're you in your first year is what I thought you'd be in your fourth and fifth year. I mean, you're light years ahead of everything. You and Andy Reid together is a great matchup. Um, the, the AFC wildcard battle, guys, looks really, really fun, actually. Dolphins, I personally do not think will make the playoffs. They have to play at the Vikings. I think the Vikings lose this week and they come back big next week. They play the Bills and the Jags. Who knows what will happen in those two games. Dolphins are going to try to make the push, especially since they have Tannehill in there now. I don't know how that's going to work out, but 
We'll see. The Ravens probably, I think the Ravens will get in as a wild card. Steelers are struggling. I think Ravens or Steelers will definitely be one of the two wild cards. You got to play Tampa Bay at the Chargers versus the Browns. It's not going to be easy, especially with Lamar Jackson there. He did get hurt at the end of the game yesterday. I kind of felt like Simba watching Mufasa fall off the rock when he went down. I was like, no, be okay, Lamar. I mean, Lamar is so much fun to watch play. I'm going to be a little selfish with this. I love watching him play. I hope he runs the ball less, but I want to see him out there. I think the Ravens could make the playoffs. I think they probably will. His team has rallied around him. Obviously, the Chargers are a lock to me to make it one of the wild card spots, but all these other teams are jumbled up right here. The Colts got a huge win versus the Texans. I mean, Texan fans, I wouldn't hang your head on that one or anything. I mean, you're due to lose eventually when you've won nine in a row. I mean, it happens. It's the NFL. The Titans are hanging around. I picked the Titans to make the wild card. I mean, come on now, guys. We could definitely see it happening. I think that loss to Denver kind of devastated them. I mean, they're not out by any means, but I think that loss to them was pretty devastating. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun little race to watch here as everything plays out. The MVP race, the the playoff races, everything's coming down the wire. The NFL is fun. This is what you need right now. If you're the NFL, you got some good races going. I cannot wait to watch it. I kind of lost... Let's go a little hurt there. I was a little pissed off and angry about football with Florida State and the Falcons sucking, but I've gotten over it at this point. I'm just excited to sit here as a fan and watch these last couple of weeks and see how everything play out. Some huge games left in the NFL. Um, I mean, last thing I really want to talk about before I get out of here today is I want to talk a little bit about the NBA here. And so what I want to talk about about the NBA is I want to talk a little bit about the Lakers trying to trade for for Trevor Ariza. And my my uh, thought process here behind the Lakers trying to trade for Ariza, Ariza, you fit well on pretty much every single playoff team. Thing is, though, Lakers can't actually trade for Ariza until Saturday just because if you, you sign a contract with a new team, that um, makes it that makes it so you have to wait a couple days before you can sign with them. Also... KCP, I mean, why did you give him a no-trade clause on his contract? It's one of the dumbest things. Of all the smart moves the Lakers have made, it's the only stupid one that I can really critique here. That could be trouble. I think the trade's going to be Caldwell Pope and Josh Hart to the Suns. Maybe a third team comes in and takes on Caldwell Pope because they want that score. I mean, Eastern Conference team, honestly, though, Ariza fits on any playoff team. I expect every single playoff team in the NBA to give them a call that knows they need to acquire more players. The Suns will be looking to acquire other stuff in return, so... I look for the Suns to go to try to get themselves a nice little guard, an athletic wing scoring guard, maybe a point guard who can help run everything as they're also lacking at that position. But, I mean, Ariza fits well with any team. I don't think it'll be hard for Phoenix to move him. I think he'd fit really well in L.A. He's probably, to me, he's the best 3 and D glue guy slash role player you can get in the league. So, really like that. Um, I'm going to move quick here in the NBA. I want to talk one more thing. This is this. I saw this on Twitter last night. I kind of was already thinking about it. I've been talking about it, but... This gave me a little bit um, just to just to kind of throw a little bit extra fi- extra heat on my fire. So Kyle Lowry disappears in big games. This is why I'm not scared of the Raptors at all in the playoffs. Kyle Lowry against teams with fewer than ten losses this season. Nine points against Milwaukee last night. Three or fourteen shooting. Huge win by Milwaukee, by the way. Fear the deer. Philadelphia twenty points, seven of fourteen shooting. That's good. Golden State ten points, four fourteen shooting. That's against a depleted Golden State squad. No Steph Curry or Draymond Green. Keep that in mind. Denver five points on one of seven shooting. Trash. 
Seven Philadelphia again, seven points, two of eight shooting. Milwaukee, the other time they played him, zero points, two of five shooting. He averages eight point five points per game on twenty-seven percent shooting. You cannot disappear like this, Kyle Lowry. This team's gonna need you as another score to pair along with Kawhi. They're gonna lose close games like they did last night. They have to have that other all-star step up and play at that level. He will be the reason why the Raptors are gonna be a good regular season team and not a good playoff team. I am not scared of them whatsoever. Last thing I want to talk about is the Nuggets. So it's kind of funny, guys. The Nuggets, I mean, it's just not funny, but the Nuggets lost are now down to one starter, potentially two. I don't know if Jamal Murray is going to play or not tonight. That's in, That's still up in the air. But Jamal Murray goes down. I mean, you got Paul Millsap goes down the night before. You already have um, – What's it? You already have um, the wing score, the wing guy. I can't think of his name. Will Barton. I don't know why I was drawing a blank on his name, but Will Barton. You lose him as well. Jamal Murray goes down. You're down to just joke it, and you lose to the Hawks. This is a week where we saw the Nuggets climb all the way to first place in the Western Conference, and then every single player goes down. Just tough luck, honestly. I love this Nuggets team coming into the season. I mean, who would have thought they would have lost all these players like this? But everybody's going down for the Nuggets right now. This team's struggling. Um, they signed Nick Young today. Then they're definitely going to need him to come in and help them out a little bit. No telling how this is going to affect the Nuggets moving forward, but they can't afford to drop a lot of games. It's going to be a competitive Western Conference. It's a good thing, though, they have a head start on everybody because, I mean, the losses are about to start piling up with that injury to him. So, I mean, Golden State's also, by the way, sitting back on first place in the Western Conference, so all's right once again in the West. But I'm going to conclude today's podcast with that note right there. I mean, Nuggets, I hope y'all get healthy, man. Y'all are one of my favorite teams to watch. I pull for y'all night in and night out. Y'all y'all in the y'all in the Rockets and the Blazers, the Western Conference teams, I've been following real closely. Obviously, the East, I follow the Hawks really closely, but the Bucks too. I love seeing Coach Bud succeed. I mean, the Eastern Conference is fun to watch. I mean, all of the NBA is fun to watch. And, you know, I'll follow every team pretty closely. But once again, guys, appreciate y'all tuning in. I'll probably podcast two, three, four more times this week. Lots of lots of stuff coming for y'all. Lots of podcasts coming out. I mean, I don't really have anything to do. I don't have a job yet. So <laughs> I'm graduated with certainly searching for jobs. So besides job searching, podcasts all I got to do. So I've got coming to y'all much more. But appreciate y'all tuning in. Look on Twitter at Odd Takes with TP3 for my picks. Just sent out a huge card for tonight for the NBA. Big night tonight. So talk to y'all later.